Today's show is sponsored by our friends at orcacoolers.com. And if you want some of the best roto molded coolers, you got to go with Orca. These things are bear proof. They keep the ice cold for like five days. I've done it. I've gone camping. I put the ice in there. Five days later, it was still good as new. Plus, they have some of the best tumblers you could ever find. They have a Georgia Bulldogs championship tumbler that I just got Zeke for his birthday. Go to orcacoolers.com. Use code DADSEASON because it is dad season year round. You will get 20% off your order. That is code DADSEASON for 20% off your order at orcacoolers.com. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Action247.com. And if you want action, get in on the action with our friends at Action247.com, Tennessee's only sportsbook by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. The Titans didn't make it in the playoffs, but there will be things. We will announce it later on this week for conference championship promos. And you can also follow them at TNAction247, Tennessee Action 247 on all the social media platforms, and they will have promos of what they're going to have later on this week the stuff for the nba the stuff for college basketball the stuff for the australian open and of course the conference championships that will be coming up this weekend in the nfl so go ahead and use code dads 100 they will match your deposit up to 800 up until the super bowl that's 800 bucks by using code dads 100 at action 247.com you got anything for me buddy Figure at this point we'll just sit here and uh, be curmudgeons and lament on getting older and uh more uh, ailments that keep developing. Ailments? Yeah, ailments. Ailments. No, ail something you drink. It's ailments. It begins with an A. Yeah, ailments. That's what I said. I didn't know if you were saying elements or helmets. Well, a helmet wouldn't fit either one of our heads very well. And I don't know why I'll be talking about elements. I'm, I'm not worried about the periodic table right now. I think this is a longer conversation. Let's hit it. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us part of your day. We're a little bit worse for wear right now. I have a cold. I've tested. I'm negative. For those of you that are wondering and said, hey, you should take another test, here's what happened. My wife had a cold. My daughter had a cold. They both got tested rapid and PCR. They were both negative. I have the same exact symptoms as them. I just, my nose is a faucet right now. It will not stop. I apologize for all the people that think I talk nasal anyway. It is amplified times a thousand today. They had the same exact thing as I had. I rapid tested. I was negative. I'm negative. Well, I mean, if your nose is like a faucet, it's hypothetical that all the uh, you know mucus could be masking what the test needs to pick up. I think you should do the... Uh, the swab urethrally and see how that works. <laughs> You're a pharmacist. I want to know how many people are going to catch what you really said and we'll get the DMs. We won't explain it. We'll just <laughs> see. Maybe somebody's going to go back and be like, oh crap, I got to listen to that section again, but we'll see. I'm going to leave it in there. We'll see. I enunciated just fine. You did that one. (laughs) Ailment, you could not get, but you got that one right. Zeke, you are having, ever since you turned 40, you know, Zeke had this thing for the longest time growing up Edwards that 
you know, I'm a bull in a china shop and I'm going to get hurt. And my daughter's the same way. That's why she broke her collarbone because she's an Edwards and she was growing up Edwards. All that kind of stuff. Zeke talked a lot of shit. And ever since he turned 40, he's hurt his shoulder. He's chipped a tooth. What else have you done? I mean, that's that's enough shit. And, Lord. and you were in the dentist chair for three hours today with that chipped tooth while your shoulder is still hurting. So you're in the chair in pain because of your shoulder getting your mouth drilled. Yep. Possibly getting an MRI later this week, depending on how that goes for the shoulder. Let's see. What other fun facts that I uh, have? Oh, apparently uh, I mow through anesthesia or as the dentist said, chew through it. <laughs> I don't know. The, the nurse said after the fact that um, a normal person or a, a normal amount is is one cartridge. And they had to use four on me. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to know why that is. Like, are you I Michael mean, Jacksoning yourself at home at night? No, he, he acted like it was a blood thing. I don't know. You'd think being pharmacy, I'd have a clue, but I legit don't. But he just said, I must have a lot of ester in my blood and that I chew through anesthesia. Well, I know what you're doing tomorrow. You're probably going into work and researching ester and figuring out what's going on. You know... Some things you just don't want to figure out. But I mean, this has been a big deal for you. Turning 40, things have changed drastically for you in the health and wellness department. I mean, I did still manage to have, you know, some boys in town from school for the weekend. We survived. We lived it up pretty big. Nobody heard anything, et cetera. So there, there's some some minor wins here and there. There's some silver linings. Now, how did that dog's blend end up? Because I did make an appearance. I did come see you. I brought you your birthday presents. I also had Sophie with me. So there was no way I was going to be able to stick around and do the blend with you. We basically came in, said hi. We took a picture. Sophie started jumping on all the barrels and running around <laughs> everywhere. And it was like, all right, time to go. Good seeing you. Oh, man, I kept waiting for a figure out ways some way to just like tap one or get a leaker or something. <laughs> and it just juice go everywhere. I'm like, oh. Oh, shit. She was oh, back there shit. running around everywhere. And then obviously she got all the char on her pants. And I was like, oh, great. Her mom's going to be like, what happened? So for the blend, James was nice enough to pull some five, seven, and eight-year stocks. You know, we tried them all individually, tinkered around with them as far as, you know, trying to see where compatibility and synergy was and whatnot. And ultimately ended up going with a blend of five and, and seven-year barrels. They really seemed to just, I guess, cohabitate well. You know, they, they complement each other well. The sevens are a little more delicate and softer, but really good perfume nose. The the five has more body, but also it still is, you know, a five. So it's a, it's a tad young. Uh, so between the two of those things, the seven, uh, you know, body-wise, it just rounds out the corners, gives it a nice floral nose. And, you know, it, it was just, you know, hard to pass up and say, yeah, we could sit here forever and outthink ourselves and, and waste another hour or two and still be back at square one. This is a damn good drinker, and those are uh, some damn good dogs that want it all. Let's just roll with it. And what I will say for that 20 minutes that I was at Nashville Barrel Company, I did have a taste of the five, the seven, and the eight. The eight just was a funky outlier. Completely understand why it was thrown out. I like the fives. I like the sevens for the reasons that Zeke did mention. So even though Zeke is spearheading this blend... For Nashville Barrel Company, I can tell you that I was there, I tasted it, and the man's telling the truth. No lies. No lies. We don't tell lies. 
We'd be very honest if I was there and did not taste anything or if I wasn't there at all. But there was a lot going on this weekend. I feel like we need to talk about this real quick before we get into this Stellum bourbon and rye. How about the NFL this weekend, buddy? Man, knockoff after knockoff after knockoff after almost knockoff. And I mean, all the games were great. I mean, that Chiefs-Bills game, I, I don't say that doesn't go down as one of the best games in playoffs. What more could you have wanted or needed out of a game? Just jam-packed, boom, 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 scoring, scoring, scoring. Oh, you want up to me? Here we come right back down the field. I mean, it was just wow. Well, that last three minutes of the game, I think there were three lead changes, one tie. Josh Allen had that amazing touchdown pass up the middle of the field to put the Bills on top by three. You know, what's Mahomes do? He just goes right down, ties it up like it was nothing. And then as soon as that coin toss went... Here's the problem with everything is that you can't do the NFL overtime the way it is. And I know purists are going to say it's the defense's job to stop the offense and it's the offense's job to score. At that point, it's not fair at that point in the season to not let the Bills have a rebuttal on offense to what just happened. I'll agree in that. It is somewhat unfair, but I do like that it's consistent. I would rather there be the same overtime rules for playoffs or regular season, just because remember all the, you know, the previous years when there was the ties those first few times and nobody seemed to even know that you could tie. So imagine if the playoffs has a different set of overtime rules, what's the likelihood the players really don't know what the hell they are? Well, and you don't Uh, watch this. I know a lot of our listeners do. But it's like in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when they have the game Charty McDennis, the game of games. You go through the whole game and they didn't know how they had made it drunk one day and didn't realize how you won the game. And the last part of the game was to flip a coin. And that's kind of how I feel the NFL playoffs are, because when it comes down to that point and both offenses were hot at the time, because you think about it. The Bills just scored. Chiefs just went and tied it up. Both offenses were riding high. So whoever had it was going to go down and score. So at that point, you're flipping a coin to decide who wins the game. To a degree. I mean, you never know. But I did think, did you catch it when, um, not the final drive when the Chiefs tied it up before the, the the overtime, but the one before that the Chiefs had when, you know, Hill just took off and scored. When he blows by the last DB, he just flips the deuce at him <laughs> as he's running by him. I mean, literally, he just chucked the deuce up like, see you, bud. <laughs> Switching gears for a second with the Titans game. I don't know how the Titans can expect to win when you throw an interception to start the game off. Let's talk about the end of the game. You're going to call the quarterback read option two plays in a row. And Tannehill won't look at the right to save his life. Both of those plays, he was laser focused on the left. Didn't even look down the right side of the field at all. And somebody was open. So I just don't understand what the hell. You have Derrick Henry, you need to get a yard and you're going to do a pass play. I've heard rumbles. For some reason, he just doesn't look Julio's way almost ever. I don't pay attention to follow it that close to really know, but I've heard people grumbling. And granted, you know, we were bouncing around town and going to a few spots and, and tried to catch the game in between as we could. Admittedly, did miss the end of it. But as soon as I saw highlights pop up and you see Tannehill, three picks, you know all you need to. You're not winning a playoff game with three picks. Sorry. 
No, and Vrabel came from the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots' way is to not turn the ball over. And if you were to tell me that they were going to sack Burrow nine times and lose the game, I would have been like, you serious? Like, the defense showed up. That was the hardest part watching that game is the D came to play and the offense just shit the bed. I never got a chance to go back and look at the highlights, but I wondered with Henry coming back, but obviously not being 100%, you know, when he went out, the team changed gears. They they got in a different mode. They learned new ways to play and and to survive and win. But then with him being back on the field, you just had that mentality and and that kind of, uh, you know, olfactory, you know, whatever routine familiarness of Henry's back. This is the football we're going to play. These are the plays we run. This is the style. But then when he can't compete at that level, it almost puts, you know, behind the eight ball, so to speak, of like, oh, we were playing Henry style football, but Henry is not quite Henry. And what the hell do we do? You know, that's what I wondered. I still think it was a good idea to activate him because that way the Bengals had to prepare. So even if they were going to prepare that whole week to play the new style Titans football, you had to prepare for Henry. So it was taking reps away from either side. I just think mentally you have to know that there's going to be times you're you're going to rely on Henry. And then there's going to be times you don't. How do you mentally take yourselves there as the Titans? It just wasn't what we expected to see from them. I was just glad he didn't get hurt. Let's yeah. be honest. That, that's the biggest thing I worried about was ru- rushing back. Who knows what happens? He gets hurt. They still lose the game. And then now what for next season, you know? You bring up a good point. The man needs to stay healthy, Zeke Baker. It's going to be an interesting AFC championship with the Chiefs and the Bengals, but I don't think the Bengals have a big shot here anymore. Hey, any given Sunday. Now, switching gears to the NFC, how the hell does Tom Brady come back from a (laughs) 27-3 deficit to then lose the game 30-27? to Like that... Oh, man, he wanted it bad too. I wanted to text you bad, but I, I couldn't bring myself to to that level of uh, assholery on that particular day. You could have. It would have been okay. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten mad at um, you. I mean, a crazy that they really came back from it because I didn't think they were going to. I, I thought this is all right. They're not going to do it this time because you know early on they just kept tripping over their own feet, and I was like, all right, everybody keeps saying Brady's going to get it back in. Like I don't think he is. Oh, then they did. And the way it all goes down, you're just like, whoa. I know. But he, he got beat up that game. I know. And he threw over 50 passes in the game. I mean, that's the thing. When you're throwing over 50 passes a game, you're not balanced. But Fournette had a good game. I didn't see his stat line, but I felt like he had a really damn good game. Oh, they did. They did. But, I mean, it makes you think, though, if A.B. was there, would it have put him over? Eh, you know. <laughs> Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I mean, it's a tough game to play. And last but not least, because everybody, this is going to be one of those episodes. Zeke and I just want to shoot the shit a little bit because I'm sick. And let's be honest, my palate is shit today. Today. (laughs) Specifically today. I can't smell. I can't do anything. So when we get down to talking about Stellum, my apologies to Stellum. You're going to have to go with Zeke's notes on this because I can't smell. And we all know that if you can't smell, you can't really do a tasting. So this is where I can provide value. And closing that whole thing out you know to have a punt block to put the Niners back into it crazy Aaron Rodgers probably last game as a Packer most likely he's got to be done there there's I don't see any way he comes back I think it's going to come down to a Chiefs Rams Super Bowl that's what I'm thinking man you know Stafford's a Georgia boy so I like pulling for him 
But, I mean, he had great composure that last game. At that level, two full games in a row, I find it hard to believe there's not going to be just those one or two moments where he just, like, blatantly throws it to the wrong damn team. Well, what about if Georgia wins a national championship and Stafford wins a Super Bowl in the same year? Well, the Braves already took it home, too. I know. It would be all Georgia, all everything. Just need the Hawks to step it up. <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> I don't think so either. We're talking about Stellum. Now, Stellum, for those of you that don't know, it's not just mullet spelled backwards. Stellum is a brand that was made by Barrel Craft Spirits, the award-winning independent blender and bottler of unique aged cast-strength source whiskey and rum. Stellum strives to improve the flavor, process, and ideals of traditional American whiskeys. American culture has always been about reaching towards modernity. Stellum looks beyond outdated assumptions of who whiskey drinkers and whiskey makers are to embrace that fundamentally progressive ethos. The launch of Stellum is the result of Barrel Craft Spirits' years of industry-leading innovation in American whiskey. This new project investigates the importance of nuance and micro-differentiation in a pared-down and minimalist setting. Stellum is designed to be clean, straightforward, and remarkably polished. This is whiskey factored down to its most most defining essentials blended and packaged with an eye towards clean lines and definition. So Joe Beatrice is very heavily involved here, as well as the chief whiskey scientist Trip Stimson, chief product innovation officer Will Shragus, and assistant blender Nick Christensen. So all of them get together. They make Stellum. The Stellum bourbon and rye both come in at $54.99. However, what Barrel sent us was they now have a black label bourbon and rye comes in at $99 and that is what they sent us here so it is a blend of Kentucky Tennessee and Indiana like we are used to with barrel the rye is a 95.5 mixed with some Kentucky rye we don't know the the percentages so sorry I got my colors wrong they sent us a black label of the rye and a blue label of the bourbon so this bourbon comes in at 55 bucks the rye is going to come in at 99 and i don't know what the ages are but the bourbon that's their shelf one and uh that's going to be 114.98 proof 57.49 abv on the bourbon this rye comes in at 58.12 abv 116.24 proof and they are both blends just like i mentioned just one is more pre i have to assume the black is going to be aged a little bit more than the blue that's just my assumption i'm going off of though you may not have seen or got anything on this but i'm still at least halfway confused what's you know spurred the extra brand or the creating of the new brand inside of barrel but you know what led to the still label have you seen anything on that because i never did really i mean i think it was just adding new skews to the barrel line but maybe it's coming up with something like where barrel is very much known for batches okay you have batch 32 33 34 well stellum could be something that could be a bigger batch and have more of a shelfer especially that 55 dollars price range for the blue label i'm a little confused and i know we want to have joe and some of those folks on but i'm a little confused at what's the point of the black label like the blue label to have a shelfer i totally get that the black label isn't that the same as kind of barrel at that point because i would think yeah. the same price does the label have like from barrel spirits, Stellum, or anything like that? Or is it still pretty much, um, I guess, incognito? 
It's very okay, yeah. So it's stellumspirits.com. It doesn't even say barrel on it. It just says Stellum Spirits is driven by progress, critical thinking, and above all, attention to detail. We're devoted to bringing American whiskey into the modern age with simple, elegant blends and single barrels selected with care and intention. Hmm. Almost like one of those things where uh, you know the, the the main big brand gets sold off, but then they don't keep the people, so they just do a spin off and you know rebrand it or something else. Basically, you know the whole same concept thing. But I do have to think you know, where it's the importance of nuance and micro differentiation in a pared down and minimalist setting. But there's nothing there in language that really makes me think anything different. Like my micro differentiation. Isn't that like what they're doing blending anyway? Aren't aren't they just using big <laughs> yeah. words? I'm befuddled. Yeah, that was my thought. At least the the two or three press releases I saw in various spots when the you know the, the they first launched the brand. I'm like, well, what's the the point of it? I mean, I get what it is, but it just seemed like why confuse versus make things easier. Let's talk about our friends that we were just at over the weekend, Nashville Barrel Company. You know, so you have their single barrels that are going to be more expensive, but then you have the blends that are the shelfers that are priced relatively well. I kind of feel like Stellum is that, but then why add more SKUs and have a blue label and a black label unless they're setting something up for one of these brands being able to get picked up or sold off or I don't want to make assumptions and I don't want to be that guy say something incorrectly. So apologies to Barrel as we're surely speculating like crazy here, but I mean, it is interesting that that black label is essentially the same price of barrel i don't understand what's different same here bub but it's not the first time we've been stumped probably won't be the last and we're not as smart as other people we understand this so the way that we're coming at it we just might not be in the know (laughs) what did you think about this blue label bourbon zeke baker for the bourbon uh the notes that i jotted down on this one first thing and up front it's definitely got a strong spice to it. Thought it had a, a decent viscosity, got fairly creamy. And behind the spice, I was able to pick up some notes of sweetness in there, but there was definitely a lot of the, you know, cinnamon spice up front. On the finish, I didn't get any kind of uh, you know, char, salty, briny, you know, whatever that kind of makes you pucker up sensation. So I thought it finished pretty clean, but definitely from the minute it hits the tongue to until that, you know, back, there's some solid sin kicking on this thing. I am sipping along with you, even though my input might not be as welcomed by a lot of people right now. But even in the state that my nose and mouth are in right now, it's pop rocks everywhere. That sin is really popping up and almost coming from the bottom and popping at the roof of your mouth. I really do feel like pop rocks. Yeah, it's got a good bit to it. I wonder if it's great. It's not the first time they've obviously blended Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee. But I wonder if some of that Tennessee hit with one of the other two that's where that you know spice is just kicking up real strong but you're right there is a creaminess on the bottom you know the bottom of your mouth it gets coated the top of your mouth is is just tingling yeah it, it's there and I, and I haven't put water with this one but it's one of those to where i i think it would be more enjoyable with a few drops in there trying to knock off how hard that that spice just comes in you know from the get-go of uh it's kind of like a remember like scrappy doo from scooby-doo yeah just, you know, he comes out swinging every time, you know, I mean, you're just going. 
I feel like this, I mean, from the minute it hits you, like it, it's popping and going. But I also think at the price compared to what some other things you could get, we don't know what the age is. At 55 bucks, I think it's a good pour. It's not like some of their blends that completely knock my socks off, but for a solid drinker that is a high proof that has some variety and it makes you talk, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I would assume there's some youth in here and especially here lately on a fair amount, at least of younger cast strength products. I've definitely got to where I'm, uh, you know, subduing them a little bit, throwing a little bit of water in there here and you know, whatnot and making it just much more of a, uh, an easier sipper. I did have down as a, uh, a random sidebar for secret Santa. One of the groups I'm in, somebody sent me an old, uh, barrel batch six delicious. Very, oh, it was good. I think I had the 6B and I just killed it a few months ago. That was really, really good. Well, whoever blended and laid that thing down. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to find one of those on the shelves at this point, but just did want to give a shout out that uh, that was a nice throwback and I thoroughly enjoyed it. What did you think about the rye here? This is the premium Stellum rye. On the rye, I definitely got. Uh, you know, green star brights. I know I've used that in the past on some various stuff, but that was definitely the first thing I thought of in between the the mint and the rye, but also kind of like a wintergreen and then it's really cooling and, and creaminess kind of thing, followed by mint. Cinnamon definitely rises up toward the middle. Uh, the viscosity wasn't uh, anything overwhelming. Uh, towards the back, it finishes off with. Uh, heat and cinnamon again, but no hug, uh, nothing, you know, going down beyond that. But the the front end to me was the most enjoyable part when that, uh, you know, green star bright kind of note hit for me. In my limited capacity tonight, what I would say is I think this has a nice blend of the 95.5 with the other rise where it's not tilting the scale too much one way or the other. So I think it's a, a great in-betweener that, you know, for someone like me that is swearing off 95.5, it's in the middle, like it's not 95.5 because it's a blend and that 95.5 goes away, but there's the hint of the wind, there's the hint of the mint in the wintergreen and the pine, but at the same time you're getting that corn from the Kentucky rye. And it's just, everything's muted enough that it all plays well in the sandbox together to where one isn't dominating. Yeah, I mean, I think this time of year it fits as a, you know, wintertime rye towards the back when that heat really kicks up toward the, you know, mid to back third of the palate. Although I think for me personally, I would probably like a little more of that corn influence, a little bit sweeter, a little bit creamier and dialing off the heat a little bit uh, just to make it a nice, good sit there and a mellow out kind of poor i could see that well what's your final verdict on this rye zeke i think end of the day i'm i'm pretty much in the same boat as i was with the the bourbon in that there's attributes to it i like but i think both of these i'm not necessarily going to say the proof is too high but they just come across as a little too much and could use a little polishing or refinement or or, or simply water and, and I think, honestly, both of these, if I had them you know, in my glass neat, I'm just immediately going to go ahead and put water in them at this point and, and try and dial it back at least a notch or two just to make it more of a, again, you know, subtle, mellow, easier pour, so to speak. And I'll always say that I enjoy having it be higher proof and let me proof it to where I need it to be rather than having it be too low a proof and then being stuck. 
I think your point is valid. I think there's going to be some people that want it to be dialed in right from the start. What I would argue against that is like Zeke and I have told people many times we have opposite palates. So what I think is hot, he thinks is sweet. And what he thinks is sweet, I think is hot. And I was actually talking to somebody about this at a bottle share on Saturday night. And I was like, Zeke and I have, now this person has your palate, Zeke. My friend TJ, shout out to TJ, but he was saying that, you know, he kind of aligns with you more. And I was like, yeah, I get it, you know, because everybody's different. There's going to be some people that say, you know, Zeke thought it was sweet. I thought it was hot as shit. But the beauty about us and what he was saying about our picks, and it was a huge compliment. So thank you for this. But I always do say that because we have separate palettes, when we meet in the middle, we know we're going to have a good pick. And he was saying it's that when we dial it in and when we do a pick, it's it's a little bit of everything, but it's not too much of one thing. And it's like dialed in exactly where it's going to hit all aspects of the palette. I'm like, yeah, that's because when opposites attract and we get in the middle, like you're going to get... <laughs> You're, it, it's not going to swing too far one way. I think this has potential, especially with the rye for me, to dial it in with, with a little bit of water. The question is, at 100 bucks, do I want to do that? But you also run the risk if you put too much water in, you're going to get your palate or my palate. And then so half the people are going to be, I'm with Zeke on this or I'm with John on this. And I don't even know if I'm making sense anymore. And if I'm rambling, I apologize. I've been drinking that Tussin. But I think there's something to be said about the problem with putting a proof on it is you might alienate half the people. from the And, and you have to put a proof, but it's going to lean towards somebody's palate more. Yeah. And again, I don't feel like it's necessarily a proof issue. It's just the proof that this is coming in at. To me, it's just a little too brash and it could be dialed back some. And at least on the rye as well, you know, granted, age stated rye and especially the 95.5 is getting less and less common and somewhat more and more expensive but it is out there and at a hundred bucks i think i would be more apt to drop the coin on one of those you know age stated 95.5s that's eight or nine years old it's gonna you know be a little more rounded out a little more mellowed the corners are are, are nice and polished off and, and you get a Again, just kind of the slow, laid-back, easy-sipping profile. So you think this is hurting itself by not having an age statement on it? it? I mean, it has nothing to do with having an age statement on it, per se. It's I think that this also has younger juice in it. It may have some old stuff as well, and that's what's moving the needle of the profile versus, say, an eight- or nine-year 95.5 by itself, that it cash strength is just more subtle in nature to me. I can get that. I can get that. I mean, plenty of flavors, but also it's not as, you know, loud, brash, and again, kind of like Scrappy-Doo just coming out swinging. <laughs> Fair enough. We thank Barrel Craft Spirits for sending us these whiskeys. I think I am a solid in on the blue labels. The black labels, I'm just a little bit more uh, trying to figure out, you know, because the black labels... is a lot. Yeah, but at that point, you know, you can get a barrel, single barrel. Or you can get a really good batch from Barrel. I don't know if the Stellum Black, I want to have them on and interview them and ask them at the end of the day what the difference is. Yeah, because I mean, a few of those batches we've had recently, I mean, there were some ringers in there, I thought. 
I can't remember the numbers, but more than one that was in the twenties, you and I both just like, all right. <laughs> yeah, any more of this over here? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we definitely, definitely, definitely felt that way. So I, we had some great ones in there. So I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Hey, it's a diverse profile to appeal to diverse palates. A hundred percent. All right, my friend, they can find us on Facebook at Dad Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad Drinking Bourbon. Please leave us an open, honest review like we leave open, honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Where else can the folks find us, buddy? I mean, I'll be out and about being ambitious. I got a feeling you're going to be on the sofa for a couple of days. I am. I might have to take a day off. Uh-oh. Look out. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Ciao.